Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 455 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How you doing, fellas? We're a little bit late, a little bit late off the mark this week, but um, we did have that that Monday afternoon recording session for yes, the Patreon members. So and uh, Glenn's been on a fucking glorious. three-day bender. <laughs> Not quite. He has. Uh, literally uncontactable until uh, just before. And he doesn't look, he doesn't look uh, that great either. It's a bit worse for wear. <laughs> it's just my face, mate. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he literally was passed out through his uh, wedding anniversary. Mm. <laughs> Such was the extent of the celebrations uh, in and around Tiger Town. Yeah, as opposed to passed around as he was at his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tradition in those parts. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very interesting. You've got a lot of comments about how you attended my wedding, even in dis- even discreetly, but uh, never showed him my fortieth. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably you weren't invited to my wedding, wedding but you know, <laughs> on account of the fact I didn't realise you existed at the time. No, no, no one notices the photographer, Glenny. <laughs> yeah, given the fact that he he was still fucking swimming in his dad's nuts at that point, <laughs> and, and it would have been difficult. It would have been difficult and extremely sus for you to deliver an invitation to him <laughs> for your wedding. I would have got it done. Oh, God. I would have yeah. got it done because it's his destiny. Welcome, new listeners. <laughs> it's his destiny this is what it, to be invited. This is what and it not is. Show. <laughs> I don't know what you think it is, but this is what it is. Yeah. Strap in. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever, like Glenny's wedding. Whatever you thought it was, it's not. <laughs> that was the opening line the priest had. <laughs> no priest at my wedding, good. mate. No priest. We eloped. There you go. Just a little settlement. What was that? The Church, the, the church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? Uh, no, it was the uh, Church of the uh, Dingoes on Fraser Island. Kingfisher. Resort. Yeah, good. Fuck yeah. Well, that's a popular eloping spot, isn't it? Mm. Oh, is it? I think. I think. Yeah, I think. I know two other people who've done that as well. Yeah. Okay. Like two separate. Yeah, couples. Quite ironically, and it's funny how things come about in life. I was uh, having a little bit of a tumultuous time with uh, certain members of my family, at which point I decided to go and tell them all to go fuck themselves, and when got married, then they complained that, well, we'll never get to go to your wedding. So that's the fucking point. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and, and and practically 20 years later, nothing's changed. Exactly. <laughs> oh. uh, for people who heard his review of Christmas 2021. Yeah. <laughs> now, look, anyway, it's so, Wednesday nights, and normally we're recording this bad bad boy on Monday or Sunday nights. Um, bad boy being the recaps episode. 
Um, so we probably should dive into it, hey, and um, smash through it. Yeah, let's do it. Because let's face it, socials. I'm forgetting, like I've forgotten what's happened in this round already, except for Monday, because it was, you know, obviously, you know, it was just such so so great to see for the unforgettable young Glenny there. It was unforgettable. Young Glenny. Love it. Your reaction was unforgettable. I mean, the game—I can't even remember what happened, but I, I remember you got really excited about it, though. Told me to fuck myself several times. Yeah, that's that's fairly standard, though. <laughs> Is someone reason. running a tally? <laughs> what's this? Thirteen years even, I've known you. Like, what's the tally? I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not even a Parramatta fan. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> so you are a piece of shit, six. though, which is kind of the same thing. <laughs> How dare you? Round six results. We kicked off on Thursday, so a fucking week ago, the Cowboys, 18, defeat the Raiders, 12. Uh, the Cowboys tries to Lukey, Holmes, and Nanai. Three of three conversions to Holmes. The Raiders tries to Starling and uh, Rappenard with Schneider, two conversions. And this one was the stereotypical famed game of two halves. <laughs> and yes, the Cowboys, with, the Cowboys making the a real comeback, or, or did they never go away? <laughs> It's... Cowboys with potentially the worst half of football mm. in the NRL this year in the first half. And still won. <laughs> and still, like, unbelievably, found a way to get up there. I feel like Ricky might have finally ditched the toxic positivity and, or at the very least the unrelenting public support of the playing group and, and delivered some home truths, which might just be the catalyst to, to turn some of this shit around for Canberra. Um, that he's, you know, the players, regardless of what he might say to him behind closed doors, um, the public perception is is that the players, um, until they're until the wags start mouthing off in the media, the players can do no wrong. And uh, there's a lot he of is, deflection. He's one of the he's one of the better defenders and deflectors of yeah. the play of, of the players in press conferences. Absolutely, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, this time he did throw what he did. He, did, he, did, he said it was about five of them, or he said there was a, a few. Yeah. Yeah, players that, and so those, those guys presumably be roasted. He didn't, he didn't like name and shame or anything. But oh, he had um, a bit to say about um, Xavier Savage. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah, but that, but that wasn't. I don't think he wasn't shaming that. That reporter was asking the question about because you know they've been on his back to put him in the side for, exactly. for the entire season. Well, I and thought he was he, pretty. And, I thought what he was saying was was right. I thought it was I thought it was spot on because he was saying like you know, you're basically paraphrasing you guys have been badgering me to put this kid into the in, into first grade all season and you've got to remember I've got to actually you know we've got to teach this kid how to play first the, the first you know first grade and become a first grade level player mm. and they were talking about a specific incident there where he was bringing the ball and um I think wrapping a pass it to him and yeah. he went tried to get outside the defense and and went into touch yeah and uh, and so he said see that. He said that's not Rappin's fault for, for passing the ball. He should have cut. He should have gone inside, then realised he was close, you know, and, and, and gone inside. Yeah, if he so, played more first grade every time, yeah, the yeah. players to come back inside. Yeah, yeah and so, he's like, yep. but you know, but everyone tells me the players are ready. But yeah, what would I know? I'm just a, I'm just a dumb coach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> essentially is what he said, and um, which is good. I mean, like I, I don't mind. I don't mind him. Like I'm not a fan of Ricky, but I don't mind him firing back on that sort of shit because I mean, armchair people, you know thinking they know the development pathway of a player and who's ready and who's not mm. based on fucking nothing because I mean we haven't had you know we've gone because he's got a highlight reel on YouTube grade. or something yeah mm. yeah exactly so so look I don't, I don't begrudge him uh, getting his shot in there but uh, fuck just quietly on the, on the Cowboys I think they're they're building something off the back of Tamalolo's resurrection and, and his 
resurgence to form um, with the increased playing time and whatever may or may not have been going on between him and Peyton seems to have died down. Who would have thought? Who would have thought leaving? An incredibly productive player on the field for more minutes if he can handle them. Yeah, it doesn't seem like higher production, surgery, but you know. like, <laughs> but they're in the eight, and you know that first half aside, I think they've shown glimpses that they're they're going to trouble some sides. I think they're they're going to be on the wrong end of some some big score lines at the same time until they settle down as to how they want to play, but. Well, Everton Malolo's playing like that and, and and in the form that he is, I think they'll they'll be competitive. Yeah, and I, I think they're. I think I think at the moment, I think they're about where they're going to be, mm. which is incredible considering that you know they were spoon favourites to start the year. True. So uh, look, I mean, a couple of other contenders rocketed into contention, though. If we're honest, didn't they? Declined, declined <laughs> yeah. into into into, into uh, contention. We could say, <laughs> but more on them later. In it, fact, it, the next game. It's an unfortunate thing for the Raiders that they're just. Forever, or you know, forever, going to have that stigma of of fading in second halves, and also um, their name lends itself to say faders as well. And when you get a catchphrase that sort of goes with your name, well, you know, it's hard the, to shake that shit. Drag, <laughs> dragon doesn't rhyme with choke. No, it doesn't. And that's that fucking just, stuck. Yeah. Or yeah, rape. that fucking stuck. Oh, I'm not saying that something can't stick. I'm just although, saying. <laughs> although I tell you, Aussies do love a fucking rhyme. There was that Don't that me. little fucking angry guy that got elected PM in 2007 just because his name rhymed with the year. <laughs> like 2006 is my time to shine. <laughs> if we can't win it now this year, we're fucked. <laughs> we're out for another decade, <laughs> and even then, it's not that great. It'll never be better than it is now. And I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna live to be 150. So. <laughs> At this stage, it's got to weigh heavy on the players. It has to weigh heavy on the players. Look, so let's just say, like the, the Raiders, the first half they played, they played fucking great. I mean, the Cowboys offered nothing but mistakes in attack, which you know, assisted their cause somewhat. But they were solid, and it looked like they they built a good lead going into halftime, and it looked like that they were well in control of the game. Agreed. So they went, so they can put it together four periods. But holy shit, at home yeah. too. Like, can you just imagine? I think to to your point, Jay, they can be in front and they can be playing really well, and then <clears throat> the subconscious kicks in when the other team might score a try, and then you know something might go against them at the and the, and they feel oh fuck here we go again, and that that's where yeah. they really drop their bundle. Yeah. That's where habitual fading across like the last half dozen years yeah. starts to affect the psyche of players that haven't weren't even there exactly at the time. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things that almost becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and I tell you, the amount of people that I've had say to me this week, I've never noticed it until you said it. How shit is Jack White's short kicking game? And like again, the amount of kicks he put through. That were just absolute fucking rockets off his boot. Mm. Yeah. Like just rockets off his boot. And he looks surprised when they go dead. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's 100% focused on getting it through the line yeah. safely without thinking of the consequences of yeah. that. I mean, maybe you need to work on where you line them up better. Line them up and put them through at half. Maybe poor old Jack, is, he, he just 
is just misunderstood. He's just not it's educated. Just he thinks the dead ball line is you have to kick the ball that hard over that line that the ball dies. Maybe that's it. Could it. Just be that he's out of, it could just be that he's out of ideas when, he, when a step doesn't work. Yeah, and, he's, and, he can't, and he can't get on the outside and maybe just power through a tackle and he's got to yeah. actually apply yeah. some finesse and some skill. Yeah. If, if yeah. only there was somebody in the club who had direct experience playing the game of rugby league in a position that requires a deft short kicking game. And, and, had, and had one of the best yeah. short and kicking games. And absolutely renowned yeah. as, a, as, as an amazing fucking player in that position. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows he's just a dumb coach. If, if only. Um, well, that's it. The fact he's a dumb coach has probably diminished yeah. his legacy as a player somewhat. I think. <laughs> People oh. remember the grumpy cunt at the desk now explaining a loss rather than the fucking brilliant mm. halfback that he was. Yeah, mm. fuck. And I'll tell you what, mate, maybe there's some assignments. Everybody, regardless of the team support now, go and pull up some fucking Ricky Stewart highlights on YouTube. Um, and oh, Actually, no, don't. It'll make you fucking sad. It will make you fucking sad that he can't put that into anybody else. Anyway, uh, Winston in the Facebook group said, uh, Ming the Merciless put a rocket up the cows at halftime while the faders must have been given green whistles by Tricky. Mm. Uh, Jake said, Ricky has some changes that need to be made, win or lose here. Elliot Whitehead has looked done for this year. The bench forwards particularly will have been underwhelming, but much like he's spoken about Des, Ricky is too loyal and he won't drop people. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Dane, he said, fuck this team. Dumbest team Unless he misses ever. pipes in, then he'll drop them. To grace a football field. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Nathan said, the cows only use 15 players. Interesting. Wow. Lamelu and Granville did not step on the field. And uh, Shane, I love this one. He said, the Raiders could fuck up a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, Friday, early game on a good Friday. And the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs 36 to feed the Dogs 16. Rabbitohs tries through um, Tass, great debut. Uh, A double to Alex Johnson and a hat-trick to Damian Cook. Uh, Six of six conversions from Tuffy. And the Bulldogs 16 tries to Naden, Marshall King and Addo Carr. Two conversions to Kyle Flanagan. I think the Bulldogs... Started well enough and looked like they might have, to a, to a certain extent, might have had a bit of an upset in them. But I think the Bunnies started had started to claw their way back into the game, momentum wise, and then the Marshall King sin binning um, really offered them a perf- perfect opportunity. Well, to take they, full they earned of. that sin. They earned that sin binning because the reason the doggies looked like they were up for it and looked for an upset because they were just fucking lying all mm. over them for six hours in every fucking tackle. And then when the Rabbitohs forwards prioritised getting to their feet quickly and trying to generate quick play the balls, when the doggies kept doing that, it looked really fucking bad. Yeah. And then progressively looked worse, and to the point so much so that they kept getting, you know, penalised repeat sets, and then left the referee with no choice but to act, you know, further. I thought Damien Cook had another cracking game and a, a hat trick, um, like good hookers do, Nathan. But I think he's—I I don't know—it could just be coincidence, but he—it seems to really be stepping up his game and, and filling that void left by Mitchell. Um, which is even more important whilst Cody Walker continues to, to refine his form. So he mm. was, I thought Cook was outstanding. Really was. You got anything you want to add to that one? No, 
Glenn summed that up beautifully. Yeah, and the dogs stood into a you know into a, a dangerous stretch now as well. Like, like for the dogs, like let's look at the positives. I mean, Flanagan really should have been there the entire season, right? I mean, what a surprise! A guy that played playing... halfback played halfback yeah. and looked like a halfback. Fucking knock me yeah. over with a feather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's but, but he, he really he really he looks like he looks like a halfback, and the more he touches the ball, the better the, the better the dogs look. And um, I'll tell you, Birdo very quiet though. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But um, and Nathan bombed about three tries as well. So, fuck me. Yeah, it, any look, chance they had. Here's the thing. I I know I know deep in your heart how much joy it would cause you to see Trent get the ass, and who am I to take that away from you? <laughs> but yes. they but they are playing better football than they did last year. Oh, I, last I, year. I agree with you. But uh, yeah, but, but are they playing better than the year before? Maybe not. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say they are. Well, okay, but I've also added about fucking two and a half million dollars worth and of this, players. This in is that what I'm saying, too. and it but and it's not done yet. Once they could look at this year and say, "Well, radio, we're well on our way," and next year when we get Marnie and kick out, that's us. We we are now going to challenge for the finals. They won't, but that that's what they could be telling themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they might say they want a coach that's got some experience in the finals and premierships. And oh my god, look, it's our halfback's dad. He's free and available to coach. That's it. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> look, when you look at the doggy, the doggies. I can't remember the order of them, but over the next four weeks, the doggies are playing. They're playing the Broncos this week, and then I think they're playing East, the Raiders, and then the Newcastle Knights. Now, realistically, with the exception of the Roosters, and given the patches that the Bulldogs have put together at times in games. I think three out of four of those games are possible to win for them. Mm. However, it's super easy for them to go zero and four as well, and particularly this week when they've lost about another five players with with uh, the Kovice. So they're sending up fucking. They've got to put Ockenball back in the side. That's how fucked things are for them on the COVID front. That's, that's yeah. really so, bad. Yeah, and like zero and four, that 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 puts Trent at what? Like at that point, that puts him at about ten and one on the season. And sorry, one and ten on the season, and it it gets very fucking tough to justify continual. Yeah, and and the I, fact I that these next. I just can't see. I I can't see them sacking him this year. No. Yeah. Yeah. We'll if, see. if if nothing else, then Gus is belligerent. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Gus Gus loves to fucking sack a bitch. Yeah, but when... to to again to Jay's point. In Gus's mind, the job's not yet complete. He doesn't have all the tools and all the things that they're looking mm. to put in play, which means he can then justify it. When it makes, starts making Gus look bad, that's when Gus exactly. will sack him. Yeah. But, and this is the thing. Gus is very clever with how he does things. Like when he was at Penrith, he was very short a distance himself from first grade coaching. You know? My job here is to build this junior network, to build this nursery, to build the systems to make this one of the most successful clubs. Yada don't yada think, yada yada. Don't yada. think he gets enough credit for what the fuck he did. Oh, there. he's he's. Of course, he gets enough credit for it. I mean, like people. Well, hang on. It's widely established that he's. It's all off the back of what he put in place. All of it. Mm. He's like the only one that gets credit. On on a scale of none do Isaiah yo. Which for those I would never say. Home, I would never say Gus is underrated. Which for those playing at home is less than zero. 
how underrated is Gus? <laughs> not at all. No, no, not that's, bit. that's not the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be bored into your ruse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should mention Josh Adokar got off got off his ducking with uh, what was you know borderline an intercept in, with a, a yeah. breakdown and a, a breakdown and a turnover and uh, a stroll over for his uh, first try. So it's uh, imagine the fox ducking the nudie run yes. in round six. Yeah, there you go Terry. Tough scene. He said, Rabbitohs were getting pummeled by the dogs. It was joyous to watch. We scored the first try. Sure, it was trash refereeing for the sin bin, but to fall apart like that shows a side that does not fear what Trent Barrett will say to them at half time. Also, the referee did clearly warn them that the next thing was going to the bin. Yeah, that's it. They're, like, Just to let's be clear, they do mic these cunts up. Yeah. We, we can hear that happen. On the, like, they, they try and fucking be like, oh... <laughs> It was some out of the blue trash yeah, refereeing. Yeah, it was a complete shock. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking turn uh, your volume up. That... He said, while I'm disappointed with the result, I'm not as disappointed with the effort the boys put in. There were opportunities created, which has been a struggle in previous seasons, and the boys tried their hearts out for the full 80 minutes. Whether or not you agree that the player should have been sent for the 10-minute sin bin is up to you, but I would say that most supporters would like to see the five-minute sin bin back. Hashtag last try wins. It certainly does. Uh, and Matthew said, I'm proud of the no, boys. No, it actually first, doesn't work that way. Winning the first 15 minutes 6 0 and the last 10 minutes 10 6. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard of the granular, like, you know, oh, we won the second half, but I mean, fuck, now when you're selecting passages of play. Yeah. It was exactly 47 seconds of this game where we actually. We actually we're in dominated the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we absolutely dominated them. Oh, and he steps away now, so we can talk about the uh, next game, which is the Panthers forty defeating the Broncos twelve down in Penrith, um, which I think is the sixty fifth straight game that Panthers have beat the Broncos down there. Uh, the Panthers tries to Luai Sorensen, Staines, Talon May, Martin, Lenu, and Tungo, and uh, Cleary six conversions. Broncos tries to Tessie New and Katoni Stags with uh, two conversions to Adam Reynolds. Two conversions to Adam Reynolds. Fuck. There's not much There's not much to say about this one. The Broncos were, were plucky and up for it at the start until the point where they weren't. And then, the you know, once the once the momentum changed and the, uh, in the game, it never, came, it never swung back and they were blown out of the contest. Yeah. Which and is the way that, like, we said it would happen, except you wouldn't because you're always on your, oh, Broncos are such a hard game for us. No, I'm not saying narrative. the Broncos are such a hard game. The Broncos will always get up. For, for Penrith. And they did it again this game. That was probably the best full 80 minutes. Yeah. Or the, the best performances over a full 80 minutes that I've seen from the Broncos in the last little while. I'd expect, and, I think the first two wins they had in the season would probably more. Would nah, they were scrappier games. Mm. They were heaps scrappier games. Yeah, they, they played to a higher level. Um, they did. I felt like the uh, Panthers... No, I wouldn't say not for, not for 80 minutes though. No. No, no, no. no but over right, the full close. 80 minutes, there were more passages of positive play that I've seen from them in one game this year. Uh, a, a fucking shame that they lost Tezinu. Like, as skillful as he is, put aside, it, it's shit to lose somebody in such an important position, which creates a reshuffle. Mm. Um, Penrith keep going. The thing that I was impressed with here is that I said that they'd been guilty of fading in and out of games themselves. Um, like, you take the Newcastle game, Newcastle were down a man, Penrith just stopped concentrating. All of a sudden, a team down a man comes back within, I think it was 10 points. 
so they had to rev up again and, and keep going. They didn't seem to take the foot off the pedal. And they seem in this really good space at the moment where they're going to play their own game. Regardless of what you put at them, they have an 80-minute game plan where they're going to be probing for defensive weaknesses. They're going to be probing to see how you react to certain plays. And they, they're just confident that over the space of 80 minutes, they'll be able to do enough to beat you. I think that's the, that's the key word is confident. They, they yeah. play mm-hmm. with a level of supreme confidence that they were going to get that job done. Yeah. And, and even when the Broncos were throwing it at them and they you know there was passages of play where they, they were under pressure, they handled it, they were patient. Yep. And just the you know, people talk about the swagger and you know there was some conjecture last year or, or about you know is it arrogance or, or I they have such a belief. And so they should. Yeah. But yeah, who fucking cares if it's arrogance? No, That's I like, couldn't give a fuck. If that was my yeah. team, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Fucking crime you fucking pussies. Listen like, how yeah, I carried yeah, on and we won our first game oh, of the season. No, the, fucking the please imagine if it was Penrith. The game rugby league team was arrogant on my TV set. <laughs> fucking shut up. What? What's that? <laughs> the, 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 the group of guys that are great at something understand they're great at something because you gave them a giant gold shiny thing that has look how good you are at this thing yeah. printed on the bottom this of it. year you were the best at it fucking shock horror do not tell shock anyone though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so a, a positive mental performance from Penrith um, they really haven't played any decent sides yet though and and what I'm really looking forward to is the challenge of, you know, a, a Melbourne. Um, I was going to say a Parramatta, but they're no longer yeah. a, they're no longer really no. a first grade team. They're, um, they're bogged down in eternal shame now. Yeah, but but to, their favourites to, 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 to fifteenth position put in their fucking place where they belong. Um, and and to have when you play like the Storm, the, you ain't playing anyone for a long time. Still no one. I'm just going through. I'm flicking through the draw now. Oh, fuck! I'll tell you how good is it being the narrative team. Soft draws. Oh, they Oh, no, it's not. Fucking it. how good! It is a soft draw. I mean, I'm trying to fucking find them. Play this favorable. Favorable refereeing. Three, four weeks. Yeah. Favorable refereeing. Fourteenth of May, round ten. Oh, okay. So that's magic round then. Oh yeah. There you go. Magic round. Okay. There you cool. go. Um. If you show up to that game, you'll get to see him have a tough game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, look, you know, they've, they've got the Roosters coming up as well that are a decent enough side. Um, I'd yeah, like to see how bad, they handle though. the Sharkies. Yeah, they are. I'd like to see how they handle the Sharkies. You know, you talk about a team that's playing with confidence. Again, we'll get to them. But, um, yeah, very very impressed with, with Penrith and, and Broncos fans. I think without some of your key troops... There was enough in that game. Again, much like the Bulldogs, you, you didn't come away with the two points, but there's enough there for you to say, okay, there are like Adam Reynolds' boot single-handedly kept you in that territorial match for far longer than you would have been without him. You know, so there's there's definite improvements for you there. Yeah, let me get back into the socials. Oh God, it's been so long since I did these. Uh, Chris, it hasn't even been a week. 
Yeah, I know, but I email them all to myself. And it gets oh, lost in a gotcha. fucking inbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris says, everyone bow your head and give thanks to our Lord and Saviour PVL for allowing the Panthers to flog the Broncos and make a good Friday a great Friday. There you go. Uh, Kevin said, this game infuriated me with the refing, but all class from Penrith. Took their opportunities and just showed Broncos up completely. Broncos seem to have a lot of athletes, but very few genuine footballers. We score nothing without Reynolds tonight. Yeah. Uh, Jono said, Penrith is the current standard. Bronx still has a long way to go to be in the mix as a top eight team. Thank you, fucking Captain Obvious. Uh, Lambretta said, Scott Sorensen, what a performance. Proof, if ever it was needed, that the better the support the brighter the individual shine. Yeah, he had a fucking cracker. Do you, do you feel like he has already or will, I know he's a, he's, he's a different type of player, but feels the, the Capewell void? No. If there was a void? No. Um, oh, look, here's the thing. Uh, yes, if you mean that there is yet another trade with Cronulla that we won. <laughs> um, because we have Scott Sorensen, they got nothing. Um, just like we got Capewell and they got nothing. Um, we had a mentor for Premiership winning half, Nathan Cleary. Uh, they have Matt Moylan. So, it's not where uh, I was yes. thinking this would go. Yes. I appreciate in the, in the, you fucking opened the door. <laughs> in, the, in the void of cucking the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew. Yes, he does fill that void. Um, okay. I'm sorry I asked. I swear Look, we've got I, enough. Uh, we've got enough episodes of this show under the belt now that I could probably write a fucking AI bot that would do a passable, <laughs> that would do a passable fucking impression. Can you fucking please do? <laughs> well, all I need to do is get the speech synthesis down. I mean, like, but if it was like typing, I could like I could give him in the Melbourne like, accent. The, the, I could give him like you know Jay's Twitter account. And just during games, just just <laughs> search, Twitter, search Twitter for keywords of like a player's name that did something, and just to run out some bullshit like that, <laughs> like, and it'd be indistinguishable from the um, real thing. <laughs> I, I was, am, and always will be a massive fucking Capewell fan. Yeah, right. And so. and and it was cemented in that the it wasn't last year's Origin; it was the year before, when he was the best centre. Probably on the field, mm. you know. Um, gave an absolute fucking bath to the New South Wales centres uh, as, as a forward playing playing in the centres. Yeah, you know. Um, so no, Sorensen doesn't replace what we lost with Capewell. Um, however, everything I've heard about him and read about him says that he is one of those work ethic players. Mm. Um, like you know, I heard it when when Brandy was was talking after the after the game. He said it's he's the the most meticulous with his diet that he's seen in the club, and he's um, amazing with his personal exercise regime on top of what he does with the club. So I think guys like that just bring a certain level of professionalism to the team anyway, and that's a really Which good quality to have. Is important, although. It's a young side that that professionalism still has a place, even with the amount of success that they've had as a young side. You know, correct. A couple of grand finals, plenty of wins, all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, you know, a premiership, obviously. Young guys, there is there is the potential 
for complacency and a guy like that with professionalism can can counteract that, I feel. Well, you know, again, we've, we've spoken about it a fucking million times on this show. Talent players versus effort players. Of course. And you see those players that just have, have athletic talent and then you see the ones that are, that are effort players and who have, you know, fucking had to grind for everything they've ever achieved. And then you see those generational players, somebody like Thurston, mm. who is this wonderful fucking perfect storm of talent, work ethic, and competitive nature that that makes him, you know, the the best of the best. But yeah, no, I am a big Sorensen fan, but I don't think he's as complete a player as Capewell was. Fair. He's not even the same type of player. I mean, he's not going to fill that same void. No, no, fill that not, yeah. void. That you feel you could. He's very capable of filling that void, but you know, bringing something completely different to the side. But I mean, just filling that, you know, super sub. Yeah, you know. Um, I would also like vibe. to congratulate all of us for getting through that entire conversation without mentioning glory holes when talking. Well, you about just fucking did, didn't you? Scott, no, no, no. I'm just putting it out there so there isn't a fucking tirade of comments from fuckheads on social media. Talking about the fucking void. Well, so, it's yeah. like you say about professionals. We're nothing yeah, exactly. if not professional motherfuckers. Didn't even cross my mind. Didn't cross my mind either. There you go. And I'll tell you, and like that's something because I'm thinking about glory holes like fucking 20 hours a day. <laughs> so. uh, if I'm not thinking about them, I'm fucking drilling oh. them. I'm drilling them in walls. Mate, I walk past, I walk, I walk, I walk past Donut King and I'm like, well, fuck, I could stick my dick through that I too. Now, you know what? Like, There's no hole in here. I've got my hole saw. I'm just going to fucking make one. <laughs> I'll just carry, just carry a fucking cordless and a hole saw around. Anyway, there's your chat about fucking glory holes. You asked for it, you got it. <laughs> yeah, fucking like that. You know, I don't carry a Dremel in the back pocket for no reason. <laughs> no, always, no, always, no, always, no always. Mobile be... glory hole. It's the ABCs of glory holes, boys. Always be carving. <laughs> it's the ABDs. It's always be Dremeling. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yeah so, yeah, so so glad you brought that up. <laughs> then, so then, yeah, you, you, we we went so well without a single reference to glory holes, and then you got five minutes of straight direct glory hole con- content. <laughs> oh fuck! All right. Next, the mighty Manly Seagulls twenty six defeated the Titans eighteen at Brookie, and uh, twenty six came through a double to Hamali Olakowatu, uh, Ruben Garrick, and Kieran Foran with tries. Garrick, four conversions, penalty goal to DCE. Uh, Titans, tries to Isako, Kelly, Fafida, and Big Tino, and one conversion to Toby Sexton. Mm. I tell you, I fucking have to get down to this new reconfigured rookie. It's fucking sensational. And even just the sound of the crowd and everything is just, you know, so much more. I mean, this was a big crowd, though. I mean, looking at the... I had some friends that were on the hill, and I sort of... We're getting photos from them through the game. And it was just, it was fucking packed and such a great atmosphere and um, obviously great for the players, especially in such an injury fucking prone game. Um, for the Manly sorry, side... where were they playing? Rookie. Injury, yeah, sorry, injury prone, yep. Yeah, no, it was yeah, HIA, prone, H, HIA prone game, so nothing to do with the service. Although although Kepi did get knocked out from back slam onto the ground, so I guess that you could indirectly yeah, tie that to the surface. But uh, otherwise, there were no ACLs or any of the other bullshits. Um 
Uh, the man looks like, look, this game happened ex- exactly the way that I said it would. Um, it, I said Manly got out to lead. The Titans are not good enough to pin them back, and Manly's defense, conversely, is good enough to prevent that happening. Um, and if the Titans got away, they you know they wouldn't be able to hold them out. And as it turned out, they didn't. That, it was a moot point because they couldn't get out to lead. I mean, that first half, they were absolutely destroyed. A um, couple of other tries gone begging for Manly as well. Some through you know dodgy, dodgy uh, bunker decisions and others just through amazing fucking goal line well not goal amazing tackling over the goal line where particularly that one where um, i think manly had like three tries held up and that there was one there with homoli just before he scored his first try where he fucking barreled across the try line at such velocity and i can't remember who it was that fucking that held him up in the end goal there were two players that had him and i have no idea how they did how they actually fucking held him up because i mean it wasn't like he was struggling over the line and you know just just thirty centimeters over the line. Like he barreled barreled full body over the line at pace, and um, yeah, they managed to hold him out. So it was great defense in that respect. Titans were ably assisted by a fifteen minute period there in the second half, where Manly had four HIAs, which totally threw shit into disarray a little bit. And um, I'm pleased with the way that they dug in, especially because a lot of them were forwards. Um, dug in and uh, closed it out. And uh, Titans, it's hard to fucking say. Like, I mean, like Fafita looked Fafita looked okay. I mean, he had that try, but I mean that try as well was like that was in the middle of our HIA period. We had fucking Alloye in the centres with a busted shoulder who was only on because he had to be on, and and you know when you know, defending fucking like you know what ten twenty meters out. So look, here's the thing: in this day and age, good enough. HIAs are a part of the game, and you can't. But grudge yeah. somebody. That's like saying tries from kicks don't count. If there's a if there's a liability in the defence, attack it. Mm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely no, I agree. Um, Fucking Luke Walsh stand, would stand and applaud your comment, then, Jack. <laughs> Fuck man, finally the true. recognition I did, I've been craving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck that season was a fucking horrid season. Um, it, it must be frustrating being a Titan supporter because you can see so many of the pieces there. But it's legitimately just that hard headed commitment to the hard stuff in defense. Yeah. And when you're in trouble, getting out of trouble. That's, That's it. all it is. I mean, because they can, they are an attacking team and they can put points on with the best of them. And it, it seems to me, though, that they lack, they lack cohesion and togetherness. And by that, I mean it. It, it looks to me like they, the players have two modes. Either I have the ball or I'm primed to get the ball. Uh, or I don't. So I'm just not involved. And mm. conversely on defence, I'm, I'm either close enough to potentially be involved in this play or I'm not. And so they're switching on and off, depending on it. And it's similar to the problems. Remember the, the Warriors a couple of seasons ago had that issue that as soon as the ball went past them in the defensive line... They'd essentially yeah. stop and they'd turn around and they'd be fucking chatting to each other. As and evidenced all... in 2022 by Ken Marmalo, yeah. except he's playing for the Tigers now. <laughs> um, <laughs> With the turning circle of the fucking Queen Mary. And then all you had to do was bring the ball back and yeah. the defensive line was in complete fucking disarray because they'd, they'd switched off for this play. Um, yeah, they've got enough of the pieces there and, and they've got enough of those, you know... Um, leadership, I guess, potential players like Brampton. Um, 
but yeah. And they can and and they are one of those teams that are very good at just scoring off fucking luck. Like arsy fucking tries that just come together through fucking, you know, not dying with the ball and you know, they can generate those sorts of tries as well, but they just they they're so leaky in defense. Yeah. And like this and this game, I would I mean if I was a Titans fan looking for positives, I'd look at this game and say, this is actually a fucking great defensive effort because, like, they, yeah, they held three guys up over yeah. the line that otherwise would have scored. Um, Tino, very lucky not to get fucking some time in the sim bin, though. For, how is that? That's something to talk about. Do you, you, you remember when um, the Manly got the penalty to ice the game when um, they went for the same play they did last week against the Knights where Carl Lawton went into dummy half. DCE was standing out, like, 20 metres out directly in front of the post calling for field goal and then Lawton went the fucking quarterback sneak the score except this time it didn't didn't work because Tino wasn't at marking laying he was lying the, he was, he was laying in the side. ruck he was laying on the ground under the ruck and he just sort of reached up and just knocked the ball out of his hands before he could score and like that has got to be that's like we were talking about that last week our definition of professional fouls that like is depriving it. a player of, <laughs> that is like literally that is frame that that is it but you know, I'm glad. I mean, the penalty was great. It was crucial. It got us out to that, you know, safe lead. But um, fucking hell, that's about as professional foul as it gets. Um, Homoli is having such a fucking season that from ten meters out or from twenty meters out in attack, like I wish he would fucking run like that down the other end of the field when he's having to ruck it out through the you know through the hard times. The velocity that he runs from 10 metres out when he's either chasing a kick or running off Daly, and he's getting a great combination with Daly now as well, which is a yeah, better combination than we ever saw with like guys like Sirenen and, and co. Um, the, the superstar. And Kieran Foran, still the old man, and still fucking doing it and looking great. They... they... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's I feel like, like they he, turned back to clock. It was it was like two thousand. He looks like he could. He looks like he could play for another couple of years. Mm. I mean, the way he's playing at the moment. I mean, I say that, and you'll get, you know you fucking get like you know spinal degeneration injury or something. Imagine his age. career if he never leaves Manly. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, you can say that about you know a lot of people. But um, no, but yeah, you can't. I you mean, can say it about Kieran Ford and fucking no other cunt. Well, look, I mean. I dare say, I mean, let's say about players that have gone to the fucking the, the West Tigers if you really want to get into the fucking weeds. Like, let's talk about that shit. Um, Des Hasler anyway. was twice Socials. Was it when he was at the Magpies. That's it. Scott said, is this how Penrith felt in the five-year plan days? Asking for my emotional state. Like, I can see the sparks when everything clicks, but the inexperience is showing in all the 5% effort areas that decide a game. Overall, I expected these performances, but I didn't expect it to give me as much 2017 PTSD as it did. Um, yeah, and, and look, it wasn't just during that five-year plan thing. It was it was when there was so much potential, and I, I, I'm starting to think that this is one of the big... Well, I'm starting to think. It's becoming obvious that this is one of the big areas that a good coach will bring together. You don't need your coaches to be attacking geniuses. You don't, They're not... You know, they're not there writing up plays to to trick the opposition. Rugby League's a very fucking simple game and there's a certain amount of shapes that you can run and after that it comes down to the, the skill of the players. But when coaches bring everybody together, that's when they really have the the impact on a team to, to take them to that next level. Um, and I, I think that's what the Titans are missing 
at the moment. But again, they're a fairly young side. They're inexperienced. I think, they, I think they've got, I think they've got the I think they've got the coach for that. It's just, you know. Yeah, time. Give it give it time. Yeah. That's it. Um, Phil said and on cue the Titans revert to type. Brain explosions everywhere. Yeah, they were trying a bit too hard at the end there. Uh, and Anthony said a win is still a win. Manly were average in the second half. Interesting. On to the next one. All right. Um, the Melbourne Storm 34 defeated the Cronulla Southern Sharks 18 down to the Korean Housewife. Again, I say, have they fucking played home every week? Seems like every fucking week I'm saying it. Uh, the Storm's 34 as came we, through. As we discovered last week, they have played three out of six games at home. <laughs> <laughs> so in a home and away season, Good they have played half at home, half away. Good stats answer yeah, yeah, I, ridiculous I'm, I'm, questions. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, anecdotally, they have played 100% of their games at home. And <laughs> Justin, Justin Allen with a double. Pappenhausen, Munster, Munster and Harry Grant with tries. Uh, uh, Pappy, five conversions and two penalty goals. The Sharks 18 came through. Uh, Try to Talakai and a double to the Moot. And with our two conversions to Nico and a penalty goal to Nico Hines as well. If this wasn't the, the best... Cameron Munster show. Yeah, if this wasn't the best game of the season so far, it wasn't far off. Um, I think we, we, we discussed last week that this was a game to show us where the Sharks are at, and I, I think they went a long way to, to proving themselves that they're definitely amongst the, the, certainly in the discussion with some of the top teams in the competition, but it also showed, it showed plenty about the Sharks in a positive light, but even more about just how good the Storm are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because... The Sharks were good and this game was competitive and it was intense and it was a tough forward battle and it was a slick um, attacking movement for both teams and the Storm just had fucking way too much for them still. This is the <laughs> thing. The game just the game kept going and it felt like it was this evenly contested thing but the Storm just kept pulling away a little bit more, a little bit more, a yeah. little bit more and then, then you look at that scoreline and you go, wow. You know, it didn't feel like it was that kind of a scoreline game but the no. Storm... Just they just gradually, they ever so gradually, just kept pulling away from the sharks yep. to the point where they were well out of the contest. Yep. And like Cameron Munster, this one of is the best the, individual performances. Fuck you, in... fuck you, pay me, Redcliffe. Yeah, is yeah. the subtitle for that game. Yeah. Like that's it. Ponga who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as as we as today, like Ponga has signed a five year deal with the Knights, oh. and um, <laughs> and I think I think it's a million season, and um, based on. The vibe, <laughs> I guess. I kind of vibe. <laughs> I guess it's the vibe of what he's done. Kind of. I mean, you know, when you want to refer to what he's done with the Knights, I mean, you, that makes an assumption that he's done something, and I don't yeah. know if he has. So, anyway, Jesus. we'll talk more about that in the next episode. But um, yeah, Cameron Munster absolutely fucking stamped himself. Best game he's played in, God, in memory, mm. best individually for himself. I mean, there was that origin. Play. He played an origin game where he was doing stuff yeah. like that, but that yep. that was fucking outstanding and great to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I I like the fact now that the Storm are a more malleable in-game team, mm. whereas it used to be that they would go out no matter who they were playing, they would play this Melbourne Storm style of football, and you know they they'd slow things down and control the ruck and blah 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 blah. Now. They come up against this team of young, you know, excited, athletically gifted players in Cronulla who are like, yep, we're going to go full throttle at you. We're going to run as hard as we can. 
We're going to keep trying new things. We're going to try unexpected things. And Melbourne are like, okay, fucking cool. Us too. Mm. And they can they can go with teams now to be like, oh, okay. Um, so that that's how you want to play. Awesome. Let's just do that and we'll be better at it than you are. Mm. Yep. And it's a fucking scary machine when it's in full swing. Um, Justin Ollum is like a roaming battering ram now. Yeah. It's a fucking great move. I mean, like, it's, it's such an obvious move in hindsight. Yeah. But um, such a great move. Yeah. Uh, and again, um, Jerome Hughes, I I still have him on. And it's like, it's tough. Once somebody's a great player, it's tough to think of them when they weren't a great player. Mm. But, but I think his trajectory is one of the steepest I've seen, at least in recent memory in terms of how he's developed his game. Because remember, he came in as a backup fullback. Yeah. Yeah. You know? In less than two um, seasons, he's gone from solid first grader to fucking superstar. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Well, if if you're putting a rep team together now, right, let, let's say they had an all-star system, right? Similar, mm-hmm. to, similar to what the NBA does. Okay. Where, uh, and you wouldn't do East and West, but you'd go... Like, you Some know, sort of division of... Well, you get votes, and then the mm. captains get to pick their team. Yep. Right? If you're the captain of the team, and the other guy goes Cleary, can you take anyone but Jerome Hughes at the moment? Jackson Hastings. Based on, based on last Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Daily based on fucking all season. You reckon Cherry Evans is having a better season than Jerome Hughes? Yeah. Fuck no. me, watch some Storm games, cunt. <laughs> I, watch, I watch all of the games, mate. I have to. Watch them with your eyes open. Yeah. Are you, I know you say you're watching them, but are you really seeing? Oh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Am Do you I'm have seeing the TV fucking, on? I'm <laughs> seeing all-time fucking uh, amazing fucking uh, season from Daily Cherry Evans, motherfuckers. And you, and, you, and, look, and, look, and I would hate to, to and I would hate to fucking eye. invoke the name of Isaiah Yo, but there's a player that's far more underrated than fucking than Isaiah Yo, and it's one fucking Daily Cherry Evans, Sweet. underrated by everybody, and particularly you two cunts. No, so he's the not. most underrated he's player overrated. in the history of the game. It should be possible for me to rate him lower. All because That's how you fucking, he is. all because you went down to the Gold Coast, got some red Mitsubishis, and fucked a tattooed chick that would, had been turned out by the fucking Comancheros. All of a sudden, you got this thing for the Gold Coast, and when Daly backflipped on them, it fucking it, it, it fucking hurt you so deeply that you've had to maintain his vendetta ever since. It the didn't... most underrated player in the game. In fact, the award should be stripped from Isaiah Yo. It shouldn't even bear his name anymore. Such is the such is the level of underrating that is going on. Uh, one. Uh, DCE. So you realise you're not even rating him as the most underrated player, which he just rates him most, lower. He is the most so, underrated Isaiah, player in the game. Yeah, but you've just take you've just rated DCE higher than Yo. No, in, no, no. In the I'm taking no, no, not no, not the category. I'm saying like you know you're talking about the Isaiah Yo award of being the most so underrated. So who's number one in this category to you? So the most underrated player is Daly Cherry Evans. Cool. So Yo isn't even rated that highly. No, in no. What I'm saying, so no, I'm saying that Isaiah Yo, you you use Isaiah Yo across live now to sports bet. You use you use him the as bearded the bearded baboon name is, is paying a dollar five. You use, <laughs> shut up, cunt. You use him as the name. Of the, <laughs> you use him as the name of the award. For example, like someone wins the Clive Churchill Medal at the grand final, they don't become Clive Churchill. The woke baboon. The, 
shortening by the moment. <laughs> so for the, your Isaiah Yo medal for the fucking most underrated player in the game goes to Daly Cherry Evans. But Cherry Evans is the, no, he's the highest paid player in the history of the sport. So he is by definition the most highly rated player in the history no, of the sport. No, he's the most highly paid player. He's the most underrated player. And maybe it's because of his paycheck as well. People choose to, you know, look past him and underrate him. No, but he's so, overrated then. So someone at Manly fucking overrated him when they wrote that check. He's the most underrated Someone's player. made a fucking accounting error and they've carried an the extra most... zero. <laughs> so, Joshua. He's deserving monster. of oh, the money. But people like you underrate him. 100% he's deserving of the money. If someone puts a contract in front of me that says we're going to pay you three times what you're worth and I sign it, I deserve every fucking cent they say they'll give me. At half time, they'll both Joshua. polish their asses so they're extra red. <laughs> he says Munster putting on an absolute clinic. Must have had a sniff pre-game. You're watching way too much Discovery Channel, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't need to. I've got you two. I don't know what I don't I don't know what I don't I don't know what fucking gets little Glenn fucking ready for battle, but not listening to you cunts. I've never thought of us watching fucking watching monkeys fuck each other at the zoo. Well, hang on. You guys are just having a heated debate. I didn't think we were fucking each other, but whatever. It's not a heated debate, what are you talking about? There's always that one monkey in the corner playing with itself on the other side. Well, it's to suck its own dick and they suck, they suck the shit off its own dick. Uh, I'll give it a go uh, to remove a couple of ribs. Mendoza said, you know you hate the storm when you find yourself cheering on the sharks. Mm. Lando. So the Storms are a very good football team. Cronulla are getting there, but for the moment, they get all the bags of dicks. They can't win games or trades. Uh, Kurt <laughs> said, it's only round six, but if there's anything I've got from this game, said, I honestly can't see anybody systemically beating Penrith. Cleary would have had the Storms' edge defence for breakfast, but would choose to play with it like a three-year-old toddler sitting in a high chair. That is true. Alistair. He said, nothing better than seeing the Storms put 34 on those pretending peptide cunts. Back to reality, you shy of fuckheads. <laughs> now, that's the sort of shit I like to see in the socials. <laughs> uh, Reese said, Cam Munster has played the last two weeks like he's highly insulted by his future contract and is showing his worth. I'm not sure if the Storms are stupid or brilliant. Mm, there you go. Um, and we've got something here we need to vote on. Okay. Uh, the funniest man in Twill Nation, Timmy McIntyre. Has... Is, is that what we're voting on? If he's the funniest man in Twill Nation? Well, That's a like fucking D- nope. D- DCE's got a contract that says he's the highest paid player. <laughs> yeah. Timmy's the only professional comedian. Timmy's, I the, fucking Timmy's the DCE of comedians. <laughs> <laughs> is he being paid at all? <laughs> he could be the Isaiah Yov comedian, <laughs> which is basically means which means that he's still he's still not great, but they'll jail blow him. Yeah. <laughs> <think> it's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim said, "Can we please change the name from Wanda Sykes to Jada Pinkett Smith?" <laughs> oh, that's like yeah, no, like I've, I think I've, uh, yeah, it's passed, seconded, passed, motion ratified, nice. motion is passed. Yep, it's carried. That's we're it. um yeah so yes. what, what are we calling yeah Jada Pinkett Smith so yeah so take uh, take Wanda Sykes name and so your Kef- fucking mouth. Kafusi is no longer Wanda Sykes. Point on. Yep. Right now this was going to be a quick episode. Fuck me. Let's Bruce go. is twenty two to feed the Warriors fourteen the, the SCG. Up. Just read the score. Let's go. 
<laughs> Roosters 22, Trice, Tupo, Walker, and Kevin the Garver. Uh, four conversions and a penalty goal to Sam Walker. The uh, Warriors 14, Trice, the Cozzy, and DWZ. Reese Walsh, two conversions and a penalty goal. I feel like the Warriors really bought their physicality to this game and went to a lead. The Roosters, to their credit, and showed you know their class. They, they really held their nerve and and were prepared to work their way into the game, and that's exactly what they did. Um, I think they were probably just had that extra element of class and, and patience um, that the Warriors don't have at this stage, but I don't think this result dents the momentum that the Warriors have been building over the last few weeks. Um, I don't think anyone should be su- surprised that they're not quite in the same tier or the same level as the Roosters, but... If they keep playing the way they are at the moment, I think they'll win more games um, against even some of the better sides. I think they're basic. They're 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 kind of like on that cowboy trajectory, except mm. not quite. Mm. You know, under under them. But Who's got a higher ceiling, sort of, Cowboys or Warriors? Uh, look, I mean, like you know, I'd, I'd say like the eye test. I'd say yeah, maybe the, maybe the Warriors, mm. but I don't think they go. Does that mean they're going to end up better? No, I don't think so. No, okay, you know. Yeah. So. I I think Sean Johnson needs to learn to trust his partner. Watching him this season, there have been way too many times that he's tried to take on way too much responsibility, try to be too involved in plays where it just wasn't on, mm. and has come up with the incorrect choice because all the pressure's on him. And if you look back over his career, you know one of the things that have hampered his success at at higher levels, like the business end of the season. Uh, has been having a, a sufficient partner. Like, even when he was at the Sharks, he had injury-prone partners, people were in and out. There was no certainty around who was going to play with him. He had a lot of injuries himself as well. Uh, think back to his original stint with the Warriors. You know, he had a couple of people that would come in, and the comments were always, oh, my God, finally he's got a six. Finally he's got a six. Um, finally, he, he's got somebody there that he can defer to. He's He's got his luai. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but some work needs to be done for him to let go a little bit of the reins. I think old habits die. Also, Reese Walsh has to do too much as well. Like, yeah, Reese Walsh is left to do whether he whether he you know feels like he has to or you know the team it's being left to him. He's having to do a fucking lot of stuff too, and you know mistakes come from there too. Yeah. Nice, uh, Robert said. Fucking convict referees are disgrace. He got a couple of grand on the Roosters. And just a bit of a theme here, Joshua, uh, he said the Warriors getting a bit reft here. It was a competitive game before some sus calls. And Dominic said, proud of the effort, the boys today. We stayed in as long as we could. We got some fuck decisions. No sin bin of Teddy. Crichton's hand on the ball. Nagama playing NFL. But the Roosters picked up their second half defense. Line speed increased and stifled the Warriors' offense with them going one out for 30 minutes. The officiating could have had a hand in that dropping morale, but I put a lot of blame on the Warriors. Halves and hooker not moving the ball around and directing play. What did you think of the refing in this one? Look, I don't think it's as bad as people who I know are New Zealand Warriors fans. I'm surprised to hear those sort of comments, to be honest. There was, you know, there's probably some some 50-50s that went against the Warriors, which which happens, but to, to to my eye, I don't think they were fucked out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All good. The next right, one. the Dragons twenty-one defeat the Newcastle Knights sixteen and win Stadium. The Dragons tries to uh, Macca, Jack Bird, and a double to Fini, uh Lomax. 
uh, one conversion, one penalty goal, one field goal. The Knights, 16, tries to Tuala Gagai and Callum Ponga, with Jake Clifford going two of three from the conversions. I'm not sure what was potentially more damaging for the Knights, the 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 hype that goes around Ponga or the speculation that was around him heading into this game. And um, I think with regards to the hype, I think the, the most uh, toxic part of that is there's an element where Kalen Ponga himself buys into it, I think. And there's t- he he's has the potential, instead of rolling up his sleeves, as, and I know we've discussed um, him at length on the show previously, but... There's, there's just not that roll up your sleeves and, and work your way into the game. If if, if he determines it's not on, he disappears. And, and, and if the game's not going his way, he disappears. But having said that, this is probably the best game he's played all year. <laughs> like, he, I actually thought he was like, I thought he was actually decent in this game. And you know he's what? had those you sort of moments in, in other games, including yeah, last I was, week. I was like, as well, yeah, last week he didn't do shit. Like he he, uh, he he cried when Morgan Harper fucking tossed him around like a little bitch, <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> and, uh, this this game, I thought he was more. It was funny though. Like I know what you're saying. Like because all the talk during the during the commentary of the game was, mm. oh, this thing has come out saying that, yeah, they pulled their extension offer to him and blah blah blah. How much how much of that affected the team? Did they even know? Was this was was this external yeah. noise happening while the game was going on? Like, you know, it's hard to say. But the Dragons were up for it. But I said when we were uh, doing the preview for it that this was a winnable game for the Dragons. Mm. Manly did end the Knights last week. And it's been, if you're losing to the Dragons, obviously you are ended. Um, The Knights are in fucking, they're in fucking trouble. I mean, a lot of it's injury related. Yeah, that's it. In key positions. But they're like, they they are in trouble. And like, I don't think they're like, I'm not talking like wooden spoon level trouble. Mm. But albeit Barnett was was already suspended, but he's been given a, a an early release to to join the the Warriors as well. Um, so you know they've they've had their injury problems, and and now they've let let him go. And I think a big part of Newcastle's game is um, guys like Barnett and Frizzell, um, Jones, and those sort of guys on the edges because um, they're they're all fucking nuggets and can dent the line, you know. Um, I think and they only, wanted to, they only wanted to fire up after tries were scored and at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> instead of shaking hands. Yeah. Lomax. Super tough guys. Lomax yeah. with, um, I think he might have overestimated his level of friendship with Frizzell. Um, or just the heightened emotions of the moment. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, that was a, that was a, a stupid fucking juvenile yeah. thing to do. Look, he got what he deserved. Play on as far as I'm concerned. Like, exactly. Shame boy, he'll be a one club fucking man at the Dragons. He got absolutely fucking yeeted through his trouble. So. Yeah. <laughs> can't act from a cunt, from a cunt playing for a cunt club, supported by a cunt fan base. I tell you, it, it is interesting, and you know, it's, it's a spur of the moment thing. And you made, you made a bad choice or, or an unwise choice, I guess. But it's an interesting insight into somebody's psyche, and it seems to me to be the same sort of player that would lose lose a game, get absolutely fucking pummeled, but still want to stay on the ground and chat to his mates afterwards. Mm. Whereas with Frizzell, it's probably the opposite in mm. terms of he'd you know, be dirty he, and fucking. He, yeah. he would he would have been somebody at that club that that Lomax looked up to when he came through and yeah, you know, um, 
and for him to be, well, you know, I've, I've probably got some fond memories of this kid, but fuck him, this is the wrong forum for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, yeah, thumbs up, Frizzle. Uh, Danny said, this here indicates what type of teammate slash person Ponga is. The Knights were coming from everywhere for that little handbag stoush, and the wide shots show Ponga standing 10, 15 metres away, just watching. He doesn't want to get tackled, let alone get into a fight. Yeah, yeah he's not about the physicality. <laughs> uh, Joel So I started following the Knights when I was five. I'm now 32. I'm starting to feel like Kurt Cobain did after 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe said, From Tool Nation to Knights fans and now Newcastle front office, Ponga being a myth is becoming common knowledge and you absolutely love to see it. Just give him a million a year for five years. That's the way to deal with that. Yeah, like they took they took away that three year extension offer and, and fucking upped it to five. <laughs> they sure showed him. Oh god. Um Daniel. So Justin Pascoe got dragged for days, weeks for having a holiday while his club burned. The night CEO does a fucking scomo, fucks off to Hawaii, and no one bats an eye. Now well, that's not the worst losing streak in the history of the club or anything either. Yeah, the, and yeah, the, and yeah, the clickbait of the Tigers, you know, is, a, is another thing again. And to be fair, the Knights CEO hasn't done everything he possibly can to put himself personally in the limelight. Like, what's the name of the Knights CEO? Off the top yeah. of your head? Yeah, don't know. Andrew no Johns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's what I think is it the beanie is it the beanie guy the, the beanies for the beanies for bashing chicks guy oh god um <laughs> oh gold Nathan oh. fuck some of the other shit you've carried on with tonight has been fucking appalling and difficult to listen to but that's fucking gold um yeah that's that that's why I think I think that's why it is. On to the next one, Glenny. You've got three minutes. Oh, here we go. Let me just, oh, hang let, on, let, a, let hang me, on a sec, let, cunts. Let, let me, let me, motherfuckers. Glenny. I've never put a time limit on fucking either of you pieces of shit talking Glenny, about stop. your fucking teams. Stop talking for a minute. Stop no, I don't know that I can. I want, I want, I want to tell you something, Glenny. <laughs> no, I want to tell you. I want to tell you something, Glenny. In all sincerity, I'm gonna run through the scorers. And then you can talk. If you can talk for an hour on this game, fucking knock yourself out. No. You have an, uh, you you go, you go for your fucking life. West Tigers twenty one defeat the Parramatta Eels twenty. Combank in front of what, I, what I'm told is a, a sold out crowd. The uh, the Tigers twenty one points came through tries to uh, Lucky Leilua, Ken Mamalo, and a double to uh, your mate and mine, David Nofalini. <coughs> Luke Brooks a conversion. Jackson Hastings a conversion. Jackson Hastings with the fucking crucial 40-ish metre field goal at the death as time elapsed to win the game. The Eels 20 came tries to uh, Gutho, uh, Papali'i, Mahoney, or Mahoney, sorry, and Murata Nukore in the centres, which is probably a part of it as well. Field goals, the crucial stat in this entire game, field goals. Mitchell Moses, none. Conversions, two or four. Glennie. Mitchell Moses. The floor is yours. Mitchell Moses lost a game when it was on the line. That never fucking happens. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, first of all, for all the hype around Parramatta, 
for all the fucking bullshit and they're pr- oh this is our year 1986 the Tigers beat them very easily didn't they they fucking controlled the game from start to finish and fucking Mitchell Moses and his fucking men had no idea how to deal with what the Tigers brought to the table Luke Brooks rejuvenated unleashed some would say in the six I would, say un, I, would, I would say almost unseen apart from kicking the ball because Jackson, <laughs> Hastings, because Jackson Hastings touched the ball no less than fucking 90 occasions. And remember we were talking about the, um, the situation with Flanagan. Hang on, did you say you are going to let me talk? Oh, yeah, the floor, the, the floor is yours. I just wanted to interject. I, I mean, I'm not going to... It doesn't mean I'm I not going to... I feel like you just got me. your hole sore out and fucking drilled a hole in the floor and I fell through it so you could talk. No, I'm going to fact check you. You don't have fucking... You don't have a license to bullshit. Wow. I mean, you will there's be, only two of those licenses sta- to go around. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> your, sta- your statements will be vetted. Heavily. I didn't fucking get a chair when the music stopped. <laughs> we are we we are a dead against fake news. Okay, please continue. Yes, we are. Please continue blowing Luke Brooks for absolutely no reason. No, I will say the way that he. Um... The sound effect for it. Hang on a second. Keep talking. <laughs> Talk, Lenny. What are you doing? I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) The way that he responded um, to to being uh, put in the six and uh, the you know reduced role as far as calling the shots in the side, I think he he stood up to it. Um, Had a couple of good moments, a couple of try assists in the first half. Um, I was I was impressed with that. As is always the case with the Tigers, and uh, you know, I, some would say I was quite excited at the result and the way it all played out towards the end of the game. There, um, well, shame there's no evidence of it. No, zero. Oh wait, there is. If you're a patron, yeah. <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation, you can actually hear the second half of that game. And oh my god, the reaction of Glennie is full time hooter, or as the field goal goes over, it's something to fucking listen to. Yeah, my wife still reminding me of it, um, but. What did your disloyal hater of a family think? Sorry? I mean, your family was giving it to you in this game. Yes. That's what they do. What do those haters think when actually the result oh, happened? Oh, look, they've been very quiet. Yeah. As it's often the case with anyone named Blakely. It's not me. <laughs> if shit's not going your way. You just go real quiet and fucking hide in your room. <laughs> um, but really, imagine losing to the 2022 Tigers. <laughs> Does more damage to the Eels Premiership credentials than having fucking Gutho inside. Um, I thought Parramatta. I expected Parramatta to, no matter how long you know, no matter how long the game went on, and the Tigers are in front, and I and there's a the testament is uh, in the recording. I expected Parra to either score a heartbreaking fucking try where Luke Brooks did something outrageous or made a horrible fucking mistake and someone scored um, or at the very least I expected Moses field goal to go over and and gut us but Jacko Jacko's life Jacko is life he uh, nailed it put it over just the supreme confidence of the man he's uh, he's a redemption story in him in his own right and he um yeah, broke down in tears at the end of the game, and as you do when you win a game in round six, fucking, <laughs> and it may be the last one you ever win. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's to say? Um, yeah, as is always the case with the Tigers, it's 
we've had these moments for 10 years, games where we've fucking pulled it together and pulled off an upset and everyone's like, oh, thank God, they finally get it. They finally understand. And then a week later, we were all reminded as to... Well, divorcing yourself from the emotions, divorcing yourself from, like, the emotions, obviously, wins like that, like a drought-breaking win and the way it was won with the field goal from long-range field goal too, like... Like, take that aside. My reaction wasn't and, made up, Nathan. I was excited. Yeah, but, just, yeah, but you, you remove all that, though. And statistically, the Eels had... Uh, they had the running of a lot of that game mm. and just failed to... And just failed to... So, how many times they come close? I mean, so it's really... The Tigers didn't fold for the first time this season. Yeah. How many and times... The just couldn't there was execute. at least eight occasions... Well, at least half a dozen occasions, conservatively, where the same play that everyone runs out towards Noffa's wing, mm. um, if the ball goes to hands, we're, we're in big trouble. And it went behind yeah. the, either behind the centre a couple of occasions or past the, you know, yeah. the behind the winger or through his hands or, or whatever. So, um, all jokes there, aside, there were, I'm not getting There were, there were three or four tries that, that went begging Absolutely. for, for oh, short and lanes it, passing. And if and and if and if Mitchell Moses had have taken any uh, you know taken half of the opportunities for field goals that he was presented in like the last six to eight minutes of the game, they would have won thirty two twenty one. Like I mean, he wasn't without fucking opportunity. Nah. Um, but yeah, and I get and the other the other you know non emotional thing is that yeah, like you said, the West Tigers they have these performances in them every year, no matter how badly they're going. Yep. And the real trick is to not regress back to where they were last week mm. going forward. But yeah. having said that, it's been a rough fucking five weeks. I'll take mm-hmm. that win. Um, but I'll, I will, and, and I'm not getting carried away, but I will be filthy if we trot out something like we did against the Warriors the other week, um, this coming week, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah, and look for for all yeah for all the amount he's maligned. I thought, did you see that video when um, Luke Brooks came into the sheds? Yeah, after the game. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was wholesome. That was straight to the fucking Dairy Queen. He walked into the Dairy Queen. Don't you everyone, ever and everyone, fucking and everyone, use and everyone the Dairy Queen to talk hey, about the West Tigers? Luke Brooks walked into the Dairy Queen and With everyone David knew his Nofaluma. name. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone knew his name. <laughs> So uh, it was, it was fucking, it was, it was, it was touching. Well, I go. was touching myself as I watched it. There you go. That makes it all the more satisfying. <laughs> Socials. Socials. Let's, have, let's have it. Uh, Brendan said someone told Para this was a prelim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicholas said, Gutherson is one of the biggest wankers in rugby league. So full yes. of himself and that stupid humping celebration make me despise the cunt. He doesn't have any accolades to call himself King Gutho. Can you imagine if Hastings had a thrown out the Gutho? You know, that would have just been fucking chef's kiss. No, um, he's too humble John. for that. He was just trampled under a pile of fucking Tigers plays. He couldn't, he <laughs> Maybe no he chance. was doing it. No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John said, well, mate, last week, even on our worst day, the Tigers won't match us. Well, today has been our worst day of 2022, and the Tigers have well and truly matched us and beat us. Enjoy that one, real dad. West took every opportunity they were given and deserved the win. Looks like the Tigers aren't the only ones who can fuck up on a big club occasion. That's right. What was it the 75th anniversary of yeah. something and Old Boys Day yeah. and 
Them, yeah, all that, yeah. sold sold out home home stadium game. Um, oh, there you go. The, I think it was um, there. asbestosis round where they all celebrated um, being sponsored by James Hardy all those years ago. If if I'd have waited <laughs> for one more comment, Mitch said seventy fifth year old boys day at home, and the Eels cop an L from the spoon apparent. Fantastic stuff, chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm off to bath in a dead sea level salty comment section or two before bed. <laughs> <laughs> James, dear Parramatta, you wanted me to fill your eel but ended up with Tiger up inside you. Madge opened his vag and the golden <laughs> gods of rugby league sprung forth. King Noffer, Sixy Brooks and Hastings displaying those New South Wales skills that were not safe for work while the cream of sheens impregnated everyone in attendance. Fucking hell. Jesus. Uh, standing on the coffee, Anthony. Said, I'm standing on the coffee table in my living room, hollering, Today we are all real dad. Dairy Queen vibes on this Easter Monday. <laughs> it's becoming a thing. <laughs> uh, Ryan, there's a para fan here, said for three years, Arthur's not winning a premiership. To sub Marnie off for Rain, unless injured for a 20 minute spell in which Rain absolutely wreaks havoc for the Tigers, lol, then to sub him back off for Marnie with 30 seconds to go after he botched the seven tackle set is why that's the case. We won't win a premiership with him at the helm. A few outside backs and centres injured at the moment struggling for numbers, but they looked unprepared. Congrats to all the diggers out there in the MI. Aww, that's there lovely. you go. So, what do you think? You think it's time to end this Mitchell Moses experiment and and just let let Daddy's boy take over? Send him back to the Tigers. Send him home. <laughs> you want him after that, do you? Send him home, mate. You you are you are absolutely overstocked with halves at the moment. Dewey's coming back as well. What are you going to do? Three doesn't go into two, mate. That's very. Brooks has uh, been redeemed now and unleashed. Yeah. Fuck the competition for spots. Imagine it. Sheensy's back oh. at the club too, so Mitch Moses might come back and play, play lock. <laughs> You're an elite team again, Glenny. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't tolerate. What do you say? We don't tolerate fake news. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. So that's it. That is episode. What was it? 455. 455. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, now, listen, if, you, if you've if you ever considered becoming a patron, patreon.com forward slash Tour Nation, this week's the week to do it because uh, we've seen an influx solely based <laughs> on people wanting to share the Dairy Queen vibes for Glennie. And, um, Fucking and so <laughs> Let's keep doing so, that. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. Tigers keep winning. Fuck. Motherfuckers, we're going to be rich. I'll tell you what, this, this week you've got the Bulldogs. Oh, no, you don't. Sorry. No, 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 no he doesn't. He's got South. He's got South, fucking. I was still looking at Penrith's draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, look, this week's going to be a cracker. What, what day is it? What day is the game? Saturday, 7.35. Oh, can we make it work, boys? Oh, we'll have to see. Possible. Possible. Nice. But uh, I just want to welcome some patron, patrons as well. We've got Mod Yak, Troy, Graham, Nicholas, Ross, my old mate Ross, my old fucking nemesis Ross has become a patron. Welcome, sir. Um, Benj, Mark, and Rob. Thanks for joining, guys. I hope uh, you got the Dairy Queen vibes you needed. You're welcome. Out of uh, Membersode 99. If you haven't, uh, may or on, may not be on. a one time only thing. <laughs> 
it was a beautiful confluence of circumstances where it was. We thought it was going to be one thing. You we thought it was going to be a funeral. Which was fucking great. Yeah, which was which was awesome. I mean, all of about two minutes late. I can't believe I was that fucking early to be honest. Um, but look, I was there when it counted. At the end, <laughs> with that magical finish. He's oh. your he's your Hastings, Glennie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I wasn't there. I wasn't there early, but when it counted, I I showed the fuck up. <laughs> Well, that's it, and uh, that's it for four fifty-five. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you guys on. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday night in fucking Yay! five minutes. Stay tuned. <laughs> See ya. Later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.